Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Billy Cunningham, the great American, coming up in about one hour is Mo Eggers' good friend. Mo Eggers' good friend. That would be Jay Ratliff. About an incident that took place on a Spirit Airline flight last week in which in mid-flight, an 83-year-old grandmother passed away and died on the flight. And... Uh, the flight crew of Spirit Airlines uh, simply strapped her into a seat and kept her there for three hours because they said it was airline protocol. All right, let's continue. Joining you and I now is Mo Egger on the AcuteHearingCenter.com hotline. Mo Egger, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. Mo, how are you? I'm great, Willie. How are you? Don't laugh about that because it reminds me of a Chevy Chase movie. What do you do next to you? And they said, well, the protocol is we strap grandma <laughs> into a seat and then the three hour flight continues with passengers sitting next to her and watching. I don't know what to say. But One of the saddest things I've ever seen is I was flying to spring training in 2013 and a gentleman suffered a heart attack on the flight that I was on. And they did an emergency landing in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, I have no idea whether or not the man made it, but that was that was that was rough. I uh, I'll he, never forget watching his wife stand over uh, him as they were doing everything they oh could to gosh. keep him alive. That was that was uh, that was tough. Well, in this case, she uh, passed <clears throat> away quickly, and the passengers thought there would be a body bag or something. I don't know, and they just by protocol they strapped her into a seat, and she sat there for three hours. They wanted to put. The passenger said, can you get a blanket or get something around her? And they said that wasn't protocol. What airline was it? Spirit. Mm. Spirit. I was going to say, because I've not flown Spirit, but I have flown like Allegiant and Frontier. And dying on the flight is actually a more preferable experience than some of the things I've had to go through when flying those two airlines. Unbelievable, Mo. I mean, I, I, just when you think you've seen it all, something like this happens. You say, you know what? I haven't seen it all, but let's talk about something more germane. As you know, yeah. I'm watching everything all the time. So I'm watching this morning a piece on ESPN uh, about the effects of what the Astros did. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, this thing will blow over. This will, like many other things, it'll pass. I guess in Southern California, they play baseball like year-round because of the weather. And now all the Little League teams, they would divide up who would take certain teams and that they would wear their uniforms. And the Astros were very popular because of the number of Hispanic players that played for the Astros at Correa and all the other ones. And so now no team in California will take the Astros jersey. They, they, they want nothing. And they're interviewing the managers and the parents saying they're cheaters. They don't know how to play the game right. They cheated. And I'm looking at this thing. Could this thing have more cultural significance than we think? Big picture, no. I mean, you know, if if you want to use what's happened with the Astros as an opportunity to teach your kids about not cheating, I suppose you should try to do that. I don't know that we have to strip the name Astros from 
um, all the the country's little leagues. I, I I don't know that we have to, you know. Well, can I take my kid to an Astros game? I, I, from a cultural standpoint, you know, I think the impact of this is a little bit overstated. But from a baseball standpoint, I think it's great for the game. Every national show that I've listened to over the last week has been talking baseball. That ordinarily isn't happening. We're creating a character. We're creating a villain. Um, when is the last time the country got behind rooting against a baseball team other than the New York Yankees? Never. Who everybody roots against just because they're the New York Yankees. This, to me, the Houston Astros are much must-watch television. Yeah. Astros-Yankees yeah. games, must-watch television. Astros-Red Sox, must-watch television. That team all season long is going to be worth paying attention to. Are they not as good because there's more scrutiny on the way they're they're playing? I think this is really, really good for developing the interest in Major League Baseball. And, you know, let's be honest, there are, there are people in uh, professional sports whose behavior to me is uh, a heck of a lot more likely to be uh, mimed or, or, or mimicked by a kid that I would worry about ahead of stealing signs. Don't cheat. <laughs> there is a lesson. We can move on. Uh, the amazing part is when the owner, and the owner, uh, is his name Jim Crane? Is that the, uh, Jim, Jim Crane? Crane yeah. Yes. And I don't know anything about him, but now ESPN's gone back and did stories on Jim Crane. I don't know why they <laughs> let that guy into baseball, but nonetheless, he paid billions of dollars to franchise doing great economically. And they, they hired these PR experts, public relations experts, to get ready for the news conference last week. This is going to be the moment in which you do the right things PR, you throw yourself on the sword, you say how sorry you are, and it'll never happen again. These are the procedures. We've hired Dusty Baker. He knows how to do it. None of that happened. The owner of the Astros said that what we did did not impact the outcome of the World Series or the game, or the ALCS or nothing. It did not impact it at all. And I'm looking around thinking, what is he saying? Of course it did. (laughs) And Johnny Bench said on Saturday that if I knew what pitch was coming, hell, I'd hit 600. There's no question that if you know what pitch is coming, it makes an incredible difference. And so the PR, what was more of a PR disaster? What, what the players and the owners are now saying of the Astros or the fact that it, or, or the fact that, and in reality, baseball's got another problem. You compare it to steroids, compare it to Pete Rose, what had the impact, et cetera. Pete Rose is now applied to get back in, which is something I've dealt with my entire life, your entire life. <laughs> it's, it's like a herpes infection. It keeps reoccurring. But does anyone believe in the game that knowing what pitch is coming does not impact the outcome of the game? Of course it does. And all you have to do is look at the difference between the way the Astros performed at home and the way they performed on the road during that stretch. Now, it's it's worth mentioning that they did win Game 7 of the World Series at Dodger Stadium. Yes. But, yeah, there was a, a, a marked difference in how good those hitters were, specifically in the postseason, in their own ballpark versus the other ballparks they played in. I don't know what people were expecting. Because to me, you, you apologize if one of two things happened. You have either suffered such a harsh punishment – that um, whatever gains you acquired by doing what you did have been totally negated and you're left immensely remorseful or you're genuinely sorry for what you did. The Astros suffered no real punishment. None. Um, the, The players themselves, none of them were suspended. None of them have been fined. They've kept their World Series rings. Uh, I'm sure a number of them have gotten paid, at least in part, based on their performances during that 2017 season. The World Series flag is still flying at Minute Maid Park. So I don't know if people were expecting 
you know, one of the players or the owner to go, yeah, that thing that we didn't get punished for, we're really sorry about that. Um, so I don't know, I don't know what folks were looking for. Those players aren't sorry. That organization isn't sorry. And quite frankly, um, I'm not sure they should be because at the end of the day, what did the Astros suffer? The, the franchise itself was fined $5 million. That's five bucks to me. Um, the, the manager lost his job will be eligible for employment next year. The GM lost his job, but in the grand scheme of things, not to undermine, you know, the, uh, you know, what it's done to AJ Hinch and Jeffrey Lunau, but in the grand scheme of things, the part that people care about, the World Series title is still intact. The players themselves, which are the best commodity in the sport, the players themselves have gone untouched. So why should they feel sorry? Why are they going to feel sorry? They knew what they were doing while they did it. They benefited from it. What they got hasn't been taken away. I wouldn't feel sorry either. Why? If somebody would say to a Mo playing baseball, you cheat this one time, several times, you win the World Series, you get the ring, you get more money, you get the public acclaim, and when you're caught, you have to narc out other people. The deal was from the commissioner's office, Rob Manfred, and he said this, because we work with the players' union, the most powerful force on earth, we would not get the cooperation of the players unless we agreed that nothing they said would be held against them. So the players narc out what happened. They told the truth. <laughs> it did happen. Nobody's heard except the uh, do now the GM that nobody ever heard of. And outside of Houston, no one knows who, who Hinch it. No one knows who he is. And we move on with life. It's like, okay, we cheated, we won, so what? And so, so then what was the point of the investigation? What? I mean, honest to God, what was the point of the investigation other than to curb future instances like this, which, quite frankly, Major League Baseball opened up a can of worms when we decided to put televisions, you know, steps away from, the, from where the manager stands in the dugout. With, with the exception of curbing this down the road, Unless you are going to under, uh, uh, um, uncover some sort of league-wide cheating effort where you're going to pop a whole bunch of teams, and I'm not dumb enough to think that this is limited to the Astros or the Red Sox. My guess is there have no. been other teams that have at least explored how can we take advantage of the technology that's at our fingertips to gain an, an edge, and I think that's a large reason why so many people around baseball haven't talked about this. I think it's a big reason why Rob Manford told teams to not make any official statements about this. But aside from curbing it down the road, what was the point of the investigation if there was never going to be any concrete punishment? So what I is the point? Exactly. I understand, and you know this as a lawyer, to, to, to get people to tell you what happened, you have to offer some degree of immunity. I understand that. I also understand it is really hard to take away a World Series title. The MLBPA would step in immediately if you tried to do that. But given that those two things are kind of built in, that in order to get the players to tell you what happened, you had to grant them immunity, and the fact that you really can't take away a World Series title, what's the point? <laughs> Other than the indirect result of creating a great storyline for the upcoming season. So if we're not taking away titles and we're not suspending players and we're not drastically altering the, the Houston Astros and they organizationally, they took away some draft choices. That's not insignificant. Aside from creating a great storyline coming into the season, what was the point? Well, and also they went back in time to 1919 with the Reds and the White Sox. And I didn't know until I saw this in the report that the previous World Series in 1918, the Cubs also were involved in a betting scandal. And it was endemic to baseball at the time to bet on baseball. 
And Chicago was like the headquarters of baseball. The Yankees had not risen yet. And so the Cubs and the White Sox were the preeminent franchises in the game. And, and betting on baseball was endemic. And people knew it was going on, wink, wink, nod, nod. But suddenly it became an issue. And therefore, is the Reds pennant or the Reds World Series title in 1919, should that be taken away? Uh, No, because the Reds players didn't cheat. And you could argue, and historians have argued, that they may have won the World Series anyway. Um, I I think the part of this that is really hard for me to wrap my brain around, you talk about it being endemic. We have more movement in baseball than we ever had. And I'm not just talking about players, coaches, uh, front office people. You know, at some point, and this is exactly what happened, at some point somebody who used to work for the Houston Astros was going to go to another team. Now, you may have seen a prime, you know, uh, example of this with the former bench coach going to Boston, becoming the manager there, and, you know, in the next week or so we're going to find out what Major League Baseball's investigation into the Red Sox the following year uncovered, and maybe they suffer some sort of punishment. Right now Alex Cora has lost his job as the manager of the Boston Red Sox. Um, but at some point, you know, if you do something like this, someone's going to squeal. Someone's going to go to another team. Someone's going to, to, to chirp to the press. Yeah. Somehow this is going to be uncovered. So, you know, the, the, the fact that somebody in that organization or multiple people in that organization thought that we're going to be able to get away with this is ridiculous. I see it, though, in criminal enterprises all the time that you think, how can somebody be so stupid acting as if no one's going to talk? But what happened, I brought this up to Brantley and, and to Marty, and that is that when you have 26 guys on the roster, you got uh, eight coaches, you got players coming and going, people are being waived, players are sent down, others are brought up. It might be a 100 Astros that know what's going on. You mean to tell me that of all those know what's going on, nobody's going to narc out what I got? Of course they're going to do it. That This was something foreseeable, but they knowingly said that even if we get caught, we're still going to have the title. That's That, well, that had to be only, what happened in 2017. Not only narc people out, but, you know, you have a player that goes from the Astros to his new team for whatever reason. Maybe he gets traded. Maybe he gets, you know, a chance to go in free agency. And he goes to his new team and says, look, we had this system in Houston that we used, and uh, we stole signs, and so let's implement it here. I mean, I, again, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to think that the Houston Astros and the Boston Red Sox are the only teams that at least consider doing something like this. But, but, but again, um, the, the idea behind, A, uh, you know, catching somebody doing something that is as heinous as cheating, possibly in the World Series, that has to come with some sort of significant fallout. And if it doesn't, then you really can't expect the main particulars to be that contrite, to be that apologetic. No. I mean, you know, there's there's a difference between being sorry you got caught and being sorry you did something. I'm sure those Houston Astros players are sorry they got caught. I'm sure they're going to be really sorry they got caught when, you know, opposing pitchers are standing on the mound against them with a chance to throw a baseball at them. But are they really sorry that they did it? If if you told me, okay, wait a minute, I get the the the, the riches that come with winning a World Series, I get a ring, uh, I'm still going to be revered in the city that I played in, and it, it's come at the expense of a, a reputation that's going to be tarnished for a while, and that will ultimately down the road maybe one day be forgotten. I would take that trade off, and I think a lot of us would. Well, there, there was not a permanent punishment 
for what occurred. So this thing will pass. Something else is going to take place. They're still going to look at their ring finger and say, man, look at 2017. On Game 7, with, uh, I, I think, the best pitcher in baseball on the mound for the Dodgers at home, we beat the Dodgers at home, and we didn't have the, the, the pounding of the drum. And so that is true. But how they got there is another issue. Well, and what they do moving forward, again, from if I'm Rob Manfred, I am telling my television partners, put the Houston Astros on Absolutely. TV. I want to see the because game. This is, I want to see it. This is, people are talking baseball right now. And for a sport that has become extraordinarily regional, uh, less so than national, it creates a storyline that everybody is into. I have non-baseball fans weighing in on this. I have casual baseball fans weighing right. in on this. Um, you know, in, in the NFL, there's no shortage of national storylines that keep people engaged, fire people up, um, stir people emotionally. Baseball has lacked that. Now we don't. So I think in a, in, in, in a roundabout way, this has turned out to be really good for the game. All right, Mo, any questions for me? UC's doing quite well. Overtime win appears they're headed now for uh, for the big show. The NCAA tournament's almost locked in right now. Xavier's going to have to win one or two games before the tournament, and they go one or two deep to get in. But uh, Brennan, who was on the ropes, I think, with some of the UC faithful, is now doing quite a job. Avoided disaster yesterday. They, you know, they wear you out. They play all these overtime games, three straight. But they needed to win yesterday. They could not have afforded a fourth bad loss. And fortunately for the Bearcats, they were able to, without Jaron Cumberland, hang on to win the game in OT. So that's good. Very good. Do you have any questions for me about sports, politics, world capitals? Today is President's Day. How will you celebrate President's Day? We're honoring Donald Trump. How will you celebrate? I'm going to come to work. Just like me. Somebody asked me, I got a call a couple weeks ago, do you want to work on President's Day? I said, of course. I got nothing else to do. Plus, I want to honor Donald J. Trump. Uh, I just wanted tomorrow off, so I figured if I worked today, they would give me tomorrow off. Mo, thank you very much for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show, and Godspeed. All right, Willie, thanks. That's Mo on the AcuteHearingCenter.com hotline. Let's continue with more. Your reaction, 513-749-7000, pound. 700th new AT&T. After 1 o'clock today is Jay Ratliff about some startling stories, including a grandmother dying on a flight, and the uh, crew kept her latched into her seat for the three-hour remaining and uh, didn't provide other assistance. But I don't know what you can do, but he's going to talk about that and more. That's Rome the Reds, the Bengals, the Bearcats, and the Musketeers. News Radio 700 WLW. Hi, Billy Cunningham and Brian Combs just had it. You and I need to discuss this. Because the use of the N-word in any context uh, by anyone who is uh, white is considered like an employment felony. You can't do it. On the other hand, if you're African-American, the word is expressed on a regular basis in the streets and in uh, social media and in music, etc. There are certain words that can be used in certain contexts. By one person, it can be used as a weapon such as Coach uh, Ron uh, Jans. I've never met him. I I guess he's from Europe. don't know much about him, but he came here. And uh, allegedly what occurred, and I think this is somewhat uh, objective, that uh, after some victory, the the, uh, players, along with their coach, was in the locker room. And according to club president Jeff Birding, he expressed the word when singing along with music played in the locker room. As you may know, after a great victory by the Reds or the Bengals or by uh, MLS teams, they uh, they play music. 
And uh, I guess Jans did not know about political correctness running amok in America because uh, he's from the Netherlands, and he sang along with his players music in the locker room. So now all hell's broken loose. It was a national story, and uh, Brian Combs just had it on. It's been in the Inquirer. The Players Association was recently made aware of an extremely inappropriate comment made by FC Cincinnati coach Ron Jans. Quote, we made a report to the appropriate league officials and expect an immediate and thorough a league investigation to be conducted, unquote. Well, what about the players who said the word? Does a word have meaning differently when expressed by a person whose skin color is different? So if the I would have to assume that somebody on the, on the FC roster who's uh, darker skin, African-American or Caribbean or something of that character, dark skin, complained to someone at the uh, Players Association, the MLSPA, to use as a weapon to go after their coach, who said exactly the same word as the players. And I guess it was socially acceptable to put that word in a song that was being played on the loudspeaker inside the locker room. It's in, it's, it's um, uh, someone named Nick Hagelin, Spencer Ritchie, and Greg Garza serve as the team representatives for the MLSPA. They could not be reached for comment. And so, of course, the ownership of the FC Cincinnati has asked that Ron Jans uh, not speak about this. Supposedly, the investigation has been going on now a week or ten days. So the implication is that if I don't like the coach and he sings along with a song, I would assume recorded by an African-American artist using the N-word on a frequent basis, that somehow the expression of that word means you're under investigation and you may be fired. A player took uh, the coach's side to tell him that it was unacceptable in America. Jans is 61. He's from the Netherlands. So I guess it's possible that in Europe, socially it's acceptable to say that word when it's unacceptable completely in America. I cannot tell you, if you interact with African-Americans in the teenage 20s and 30s, that age group, it, it is a frequent use of that word or derivatives on a regular basis. In fact, during my five years of doing television talk in New York City across the street from Madison Square Garden, uh, probably 70% of our guests are African-American. And we made an early determination not to allow that word to be used. We would tell our guests a list of words, the, the F word, the MF word. These are the seven words you can't use in addition to the N word or any derivatives therefrom. Not just the N word itself, but derivatives from the N word. You can't do that. Okay, okay. And they signed documents saying, okay, I will not say these words. And, of course, because everything was videoed, many times the shows were not aired for, uh, aired for several weeks. Uh, I, there were hundreds of times, maybe a couple thousand times, over 650 shows in New York City when this word was expressed frequently, time after time after time. And, and quite often, quite often, that uh, you will have we would stop the show and say, okay, you can't use that word, and it's a bad word. It's like saying MF or the F word or something. That, that is not a word that we can use. 
and, and it's okay, and then went right back to it, and the same thing happened. Is it different when a black person uses the word as a term of endearment or a term of like a verbal assault as opposed to a white person who is perceived as being white? Of course, a lot of white Americans have African-American ancestry. A lot of African-Americans have white ancestry. This thing's going together. So whatever it is, it is. But you mean to tell me that certain racial or ethnic or gender groups can use words that other groups cannot say. And if the other group can use that as a weapon or a shield, that that's the way our society's now evolved. We, 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 I hope we work toward a place where a person is not judged by the color of their skin, but the content of their character. If it's unacceptable for Coach Jans to sing along with that word, not calling a black person that word, but sing along because the rap video has the word in it, is that as bad as a white coach calling a player that word? To me, there's got to be gradations. And I know in African-American culture, there's a... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Movement by older African-Americans to get the word completely out of the vocabulary. You might recall about 10 years ago, Al Sharpton did a burial ceremony in which he buried the N-word. But if you're a younger African-American... It's not considered unacceptable to do that in public or elsewhere. In a locker room, it is a frequent use of that word among, between and among African-American youth. It is always used. And so if Ron Jans culturally could say, look, I'm from Europe, I'm from the Netherlands, uh, we, I did not know that that word was culturally unacceptable. Now, Jans finds himself in a position where he is damaged by this, having no corrupt intent. He is damaged. There, there's been a startling uptick in violence against Republican voters, and that's part of a pattern. And I've seen this the last few days across the country, where if you wear certain paraphernalia and you're white and you have a Trump uh, support hat on, you, you, you subject yourself to violence or intimidation of one type or another. Is that somehow different? Is it okay for a black person 
to use the N-bomb, but completely unacceptable. You might get fired if you're white for saying exactly the same thing. The answer, of course, is yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I don't listen to much rap. I don't listen to much opera. I kind of like country. So Matt Steinman, I know, loves opera, and he loves rap. On the other hand, the great American listens to country. Now, if somebody in country, someone big, uh, take George Strait, whoever it might be, would actually say the N-word in a country song, number one, it wouldn't be able to be published. It wouldn't get out. But if it did get out, like in a concert, you know, uh, let's say he said the N-word on a stage in a country music venue. It got out of his lips. All hell would break loose, right? It wouldn't get to the point of making it into a song because the screening process would be saying, wait a minute, George, you can't do that. Tim McGraw, guess what? You can't do that. Yeah, no, that, that's impossible. Jason Aldean, you know, you, of course, the message to us, if I may use that term, white males, is you cannot use that word in private or public. You can't be talking to a black friend of yours and use that word because you don't know how it's going to be received, right? You can't do it if you're white. The, the consequences are severe. On the other hand, certain forms of music use the N-bomb all the time, I am told. Matt would have to listen to rap music to tell me that the N-word is used, the B-word is used to describe women. The degradation of females is a constant theme, I think, of rap music. I'm told that. And so how come it's okay for a black person to say a word which shows how relevant, how down they are, but for a white person to say it, you can lose millions of dollars. You can be absolutely beaten to death by the political correctness crowd, and no one will come to your defense. No one. No one's defending what Ron Jans did. I would not have done it. I don't know anybody in media that could ever use that word and claim that I have justification to do it because it's used in rap so frequently, and it's in the song. Probably Ron Jans, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think he was just recently hired, wasn't he? He wants to show how relevant he is and how down he is and how he understands. But somebody in that locker room, I would assume an African-American, was so offended by their coach singing a song that they were singing to using the N-word that they want to use it in this circumstance as a weapon to get him fired. Not as a shield to protect themselves, saying, look, I'm African-American, and therefore I have to be protected. What about the players themselves who sang a song with that word in it? Is it somehow different for the players to use the N-word in a song as opposed to the coach who uses the N-word in a song? The answer is yes. Yes, it is different. Now, why it's different, we could examine it. I've had on guests repeatedly that there's a different cultural thing that normally when an African-American uses the N-word, it can be a term of endearment. But many times it is not a term of endearment. It is a put-down. If it is wrong for the coach to sing the N-word song in the song, is it equally wrong for the players to do the same thing? Or does the consequence of one's actions depend upon the color of your skin? That a black person in the locker room can do exactly the same thing as a white coach 
exactly the same, singing the, out of the same, same script. But the consequence is different based upon the color of your skin. Really? So if it's wrong for a white person to do it, why isn't it wrong for a black person to do it? The issue is, that's the way it is. I guarantee you. I've been in and around African Americans my entire life, playing sports, representing hundreds in criminal trials, my television show, my life. Uh, I've been around African Americans my whole life. And, and I understand that there, there's unwritten rules. There's a line, being white, you cannot cross. Okay? And that line is the N-word. It, it, I don't think it's come out of my mouth in decades, if not since high school. I, I don't know the last time I said it. Because I know that's like saying the F word on the radio, which will not happen. If it does, i got a dump button right there. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to use the F word on the radio. I'd be shocked if that word came out of my mouth. Or the MF word. Or the B word. Or the C word describing a woman. You just don't do that in private or public. It's out of my vocabulary. However, if a woman on the radio wants to use a C word or something of that character, I would dump it because it's one of those seven words that you can't say. But this wasn't in a public context. For those of us, like Matt Steinman, my producer, that have been in locker rooms with great successes in basketball, football, baseball, there's a nomenclature that what stay, what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room. It doesn't get out. And so this has, I would think, destroyed the relationship of the coach to his players and vice versa. That the players know that if I'm not playing enough, if my contract is not large enough, I have a club that I can use against my coach to either get him fired or so embarrass him he can't do his job because he said something that I'm also saying. So if a black person says something, that word, the N-word, and a white person says exactly the same word, how come in one case it's acceptable? In fact, it shows that you're cool and relevant and you're down. But on the other hand, a white person who says the same word is held up to public ridicule for long investigations, what's their invest? What is there to investigate? What's the investigation? He admits that he did it. He admits it. He didn't say the N word. It was a lyric in a song that he was singing. In a sense, when I sing "God Bless America," am I am I endorsing? And that in that case, I would endorse everything in there. But I didn't write the word. Someone else did it. And in this case, it looks like the. Uh, the Players Association wants to set down a marker on how to get a coach fired and have the public condemn them. And why is it taking so long? I have no idea. But the players know that we got that guy now, that we can get him in big trouble. We can embarrass him. And is that right? And I fully am aware of the argument that there's a difference between a black person saying it and a white person saying it because of the consequence. And it should not be that way. Words, I think, are precursors to action. And if Ron Jans would act in a way against someone who's black because of the color of their skin, that's actionable. 
But but ha- how is it so injurious to Ron Jans that he sang a part of a song that had the N-word in it? And if that's the case, what happened to the players who said and sang exactly the same word? Do we have a different set of principles governing black behavior that don't apply to white behavior and vice versa? Don't we work toward a more perfect union? So let's see. Let's continue. If a line becomes available, 513-749-7000 or pound 700, the new AT&T. It's uh, political correctness. It's saying, okay, because of the color of your skin, you can't say that word without consequences. Let's continue. 1254, the home of your Reds and the Musketeers. News Radio 700, WLW. Correct me if I'm wrong, which I was. His name is Ron Yans. Is that correct? Is that how to say it? According to Matt Diamond, he's a soccer fan, not Jans. Maybe I'll be prosecuted for that. I said a word incorrectly. Ron Yans from Netherlands, and I never met the guy. Likely to never meet him. But how come we're so politically correct in some areas of life, and in other areas of life, we're not at all? I have a category of six to ten offenses committed against White Republicans wearing red hats attacked on college campuses and having their voter registration efforts in Duval County, Florida, run down. And the media doesn't cover it at all because it doesn't fit their bias and prejudice. And and I'd like you to call in now if you have some circumstances in a public way in which the N-word was used without consequence at all. It was show that you were down. You're you're cool. You're you're good. You can say the N-word. Really? To me, that's like the F word. It's like calling the woman the C word. It doesn't work that way in a public or private context. And the coach of FC was not in a public arena. He was in the locker room singing along with his players. Some rap song or whatever had the word in it. Let's continue. The line becomes available. 513-749-7000 at 206 today. Will be uh, your friend of mine, Jay Ratliff. But until then, it's you and me. We have Fred and Matthew and Glenn and Chris and thousands of others at 513-749-7000. How offended would you be in a public context having the word expressed? Much less than a private one in a locker room. Is this fair to the FC coach? Bill Cunningham, News Radio 700, WLW Cincinnati. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. 
A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. I'm here to tell you, honey. On this President's Day honoring Donald J. Trump, all of us took off work to honor him and other presidents. Let's hear from you now, the American people. By the way, a player took Coach uh, Ron Yon, 61 years old, from the Netherlands, off to the side afterwards and said, did you know that it's unacceptable to say that word in America? I guess if you're white. If you're black, it's okay. But if you're white, certain words have uh, consequences. And if you're black... They don't have consequences. Let's continue now. We'll go to Fred, Matthew, Glenn, and Chris, and many others. And Fred on his cell phone, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Fred, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Willie, I was at the Xavier University comedy show Saturday night. There was five comedians there. Cedric the Entertainer was the main one. The F word, MF, and N word were used exclusively throughout all five entertainers, putting down whites the whole night. Explain, okay. I know who Cedric is, so you're saying the Cintas Center hosted a show in which the liberal use of the N word and racial epithets were used against white people with complete impunity, and I would assume everybody laughed. Uh, well, it was mostly an Afro-American. Uh, there was only about 10 white people in the audience. I happened to work there along with 90 other people, and we were uh, uh, just, we couldn't listen to it. It was so bad. It was exclusively using those words, and everybody laughed, thought it was funny. The N-word was used by every comedian exclusively. And I would imagine the comedians were all black. Exactly. Did they make references to persons of a different race in a negative context? No, they didn't do that. They put down the whites. That's what I meant. Uh, <laughs> yes, they put them down. But the end word was just, uh, that was funny. Everybody laughed. They all thought it was funny. Was it well attended? Uh, I think they ended up with about 4,000. Did uh, Was there any objection? It is Monday. It's two days later. Is there any protest on campus about Cedric the Entertainer? And the use of the N-word, did anybody call anyone and get him fired or get him suspended from life? Did anything bad happen to any of the black comedians? Nothing whatsoever. <laughs> well, how do you feel then about Ron Yons, who he didn't use the N-word in the sense, what he did was sing along with a song that had the N-word in it, and now all hell's breaking loose. Is that a double standard? Uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, we have two standards here. At least. Yeah, and this is a Jewish, a Catholic Jewish university. It surprised me that they would even have this on stage in the Sintas Center. It, it, it just uh, bored me, but I couldn't listen to it. But I, I happened to work there, and it was uh, the N word was just a uh, hundred times. Boy, did, you know. did did that when the N word was used in that context and in a public way at a Catholic university was. Did uh, did the audience object to it, or did they go along with it? Oh, no, they thought it was funny. They laughed. They clapped. Now, what if a white comedian had done exactly the same thing? 
Oh. I think we would have had a riot. I mean, this just this shouldn't have been. This is terrible. It's a, I mean, if it, it it happened last year, I wasn't there, but I'll never go to the, that. I just had at University. I couldn't imagine them letting this happen at their university. I always like to use the shoe on the other foot analogy to see if it would be acceptable. If the shoe was on the other foot and five white comedians said a, had a script of what everyone said there, Cedric, et cetera, if the five white comedians said exactly the same thing the black comedians had said, do you think there'd be the same reaction? None whatsoever. You would, you would have had all hell break loose. So, so a word, expression of a word depends upon who is saying it as far as having negative con You know, don't we try to work toward a society where you're not judged by the color of your skin, by the content of your character? And I would assume that Xavier did not, maybe they didn't know what the context. Was this the first time that comedy show came to Xavier? No, I heard it was there last year also. And they warned me about, you know, I said, well, it's at Xavier University. It shouldn't be like an R-rated. They said, watch. And they were right. It was it, it, it was beyond R-rated. What, were there it, references to women's bodies and things of that character? Definitely. Using the P word, C word, even to the male body. The, the one guy went to a prostate doctor, and that, that went on and on, and that was as dirty as anything else. And I imagine it, they're coming back next year. I wouldn't doubt it. I, I, it's, I imagine they made a lot of money. I understand some of the seats were as high as $125 on the floor. They had the, the basketball floor. They had chairs down there. Uh, but it, uh, it just uh, was terrible. I just uh, couldn't well, believe that actually would do that. Well, lastly, Fred, the argument I hear is that there's a difference between a black person saying the N-word and a white person saying the N-word because of the intent. Do you buy that analogy? Definitely. Definitely. Now, now why is that the case? Why is that? I don't know. Uh, why? I mean, you'll see it every once in a while. One will call, well, I've seen it on streets where one will call another one, that dirty N. Nothing happens. Have a white guy do that. You'll have to just like the co uh, the coach. No, uh, well, of course, of course, he's getting martyred. You can't do it. Do you think it's age related? Because older African Americans, say over forty, kind of think like you and I, but younger African Americans don't because it is a frequent. It is the most m most used words in the vernacular of young African Americans, it, or a de derivative thereof. It's used more than any other word. And I don't I know how you. How, why is that acceptable? I don't know, because I work with uh, older black Americans, and they, they don't do that. It's, the, like you said, 30s, 40s, 20s, definitely. They think it's cool. They think it's funny. Uh, but there was a lot of older uh, older black people there, and they just uh, thought it was real funny. Right. I, couldn't, I couldn't listen to it. Well, you're working there. What do you do? Just go into a concourse and... Uh, we sat outside in the concourse until the you know it was over, and then we had uh, to get the people out of there. You know, and the, were there Catholic priests around and all that? Did they? None whatsoever. Even the sister, the nun that you know, she's over all the ball players. I couldn't imagine her walking in there for that. Sister Rose Fleming is the best. Yes, 
Well, there ought to be a message. There ought to be one standard. I mean, we fall from that standard all the time. I mean, we, we have a standard that we try to reach. And many times in life, you can't reach the standard because of human activity. But we ought to have one standard that you can't say that a word is off limits for one race, but it's okay for the other. And so Coach, Coach Ron Yans thought it was acceptable to sing along with his players a rap song that had the N-word in it. Uh, one of his players filed a complaint who maybe wasn't playing enough, to use that as a weapon to get Ron Yan. I can't imagine this being good for the FC Cincinnati team to have their head coach charged with racial insensitivity. Uh, as the season's getting started within the next week or two, they're going to start their season without their coach. I saw that on TV, and I could not believe it. And what investigation is there? I mean, he admits to doing it. Uh, but now that the lawyers are going to spend tens of thousands of dollars to investigate it, and then what? What do you do? Don't do it again? Or do, do, you, do you think he should be fired? No. He did it in context of what was happening. There was no nothing wrong with what he did, I don't believe. If you listen to these rap songs, like he said before, it's exclusively in those rap songs. It's, well, I don't listen to I mean, I don't know. Every once in a while, I'll catch one when I turn on a station and I hear it. Now, uh, XU, where was, uh, I think XU plays rap tunes before the basketball games. Um, oh, Beyonce, I uh, hit, uh, again, I worked a concert then at the Reds, and Beyonce was on the stage. Not only the F word, N word, MF, her dancing was so provocative, it was almost like a, a, a strip show. Well, now, Fred, you can't look upon a woman as a sexual object, okay? You can't do that. Okay. I can't. Beyonce, I mean, this isn't about sexuality or simulated sex acts. This is about female expression. This is about female empowerment. You understand that? Don't dare look at her and think in a sexual context. She's not presenting herself as such. That's what I hear all the time. Much like when we had the halftime show of the Super Bowl, and that had nothing to do with sex, Jennifer Lopez, that had nothing to do with simulated sex acts. That was about female empowerment. You understand that, don't you? None whatsoever. No, you don't understand that. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm from your age, really. Yeah, I'm thinking, okay, uh, I don't understand how women can behave in a certain way and then get angry when a man looks upon them as a sexual object when they're presenting themselves as such. Every now and then I'll, I'll watch the late-night TV, maybe the Jimmies, or I'll watch something at night, and all the time Conan O'Brien is hacked on by women because he's looking down their top. They yeah. come out there. With their gabons of beads presented almost like on a, on a platform, they're wearing low-cut dresses down to their navel. They got skirts up to their hips, and then Conan O'Brien might look upon them as a sexual object. Get your eyes up when that's exactly what they want to happen. Yeah, sure, they do. Don't you get double, triple messages that how do I look upon you as not a sexual object when you're presenting yourself as such? There's no question about it. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Willie. That's well, Fred, well good luck, Fred. We'll see what happens. Good luck. Let's continue with Matthew, then uh, Glenn and many others. Matthew, welcome to the Bill Cunningham Show. Matthew, go ahead. Bill, thank you for having me today. This is an issue that has pressed me long before this ever occurred with this coach for FC Cincinnati. I, on Friday, dropped off my children at daycare. I stopped by a local gas station to grab something to drink as I was parched, and... About five or six African-Americans walk in in front of me, and I hear their conversation, and every other word is the N-word, the MF word, 
the C word, the B word, it doesn't matter. And if you go and maybe say something, had I had my children oh, with me, no, no, you're no. going to be reprimanded no, no. and you're going to be just oh, no. floored. No, no. And it's a weapon or a sword. In other words, I can use that as a weapon against somebody who uses it if I seek an advantage. And in a public context, please don't ever reprimand five young African-American males for using the N-word. Because oh, they, no. they, they, the reaction may not be good. 40s, you know. Yeah, 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 but you you can't. You just it's something you have to just live with. You just have to take the hypocrisy of it all, because Coach Ron Yons meant no. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Delirious effect. He did not intend to call anybody in his locker room the N-word because you can't do that. He knows. I would would assume. But, But the player that heard it that was offended probably was not a starter and probably wanted to hurt the coach in some way, and that's why he reported it to his association. And once the uh, association, the players get it, what do they do with it? They notify Jeff Birding and, I guess, Carl Linder, and then you have to launch an investigation, right? Uh, And then how long does that take? This has been a week or ten days. He's still under investigation. A dark cloud. ESPN has picked it up. Now he might be smeared for the rest of his life. He's 61 years old, and he... He did, he did in his mind nothing wrong. What did he do wrong? I don't know. I know at my local watering hole, I'll express how, oh, I like this one rap group. They're, they're talented. They're good lyricists. But there are N-words aplenty in the song. I don't ever repeat any lyrics because I will be automatically labeled a racist. But it's okay to call me whitey and cracker, and there's no problem with that. Well... Matthew, I don't know what to say. That's just the way it is. Sometimes the old saying, I often use it to my friends that are getting angry about things. I said, God, give me the strength to change in life the things I can change. Give me the patience in life to accept the things I cannot change and the wisdom to know the difference. Absolutely. And this is one of those things, Matthew, that you can't change what happens uh, constantly. For example, Barack Hussein Obama directly involved himself in multiple criminal investigations as president. 
and said what should happen and what should not happen to prosecutors, to the attorney general. He regularly said things. That's not true. That's inaccurate. Don't prosecute. When Obama did it for eight years, at no point did the national media say that Obama wrongfully injected himself into a criminal investigation. It didn't happen one time. But when Trump does similar things that Obama did, we have impeachment hearings. That go on for two, two and a half years. We have terrible consequences. Obama did worse things in office than Trump ever did. But guess what? They weren't covered as terrible events. Can you imagine when four police officers, two black, one Hispanic, one white, targeted in Dallas for assassination and murder by African uh, extremists who wanted to kill cops, that after that occurred, Obama invited into the White House Delray McKesson, and other founders of Black Lives Matter, that a protest was ongoing in which they were shouting, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. When it was shown that an activist killed cops based upon the rhetoric of Black Lives Matter, Obama invited into the White House the founders of Black Lives Matter and sat with them and said what a great group they were. Now, I can't imagine uh, what would happen if uh, if if uh, Trump would invite into the White House like the organizers of the Ku Klux Klan, who tend to be Democrats, by the way, and talk about what a great group the Ku Klux Klan is. The media would have another meltdown. It's a double standard with untethered to reality, untethered to objectivity. It, It simply is wrong. There's a criminal investigation ongoing about Hillary Clinton. And so what does Obama do? He announces that there's not one scintilla of evidence that Hillary Clinton has done anything wrong. So as the investigation, and so nothing happened, right? Nothing. Nothing. But Trump says one thing, and they they just stop the country to say he's involved himself in a criminal investigation when the foreperson, the foreman uh, of the Roger Stone uh, jury, who he was convicted a couple months ago, is going to be sentenced on Thursday had social media postings that Roger Stone is a racist. She was a lawyer, an African-American activist, a Democrat, who stood in front of the Trump International Hotel next to the White House with picket signs screaming at individuals going in there as customers. And that woman was the foreman of the Roger Stone jury. And, And so the judge is now calling a hearing for tomorrow about what to do about this. But the media doesn't cover it because it doesn't fit their bias. Absolutely not. It doesn't. All right, we got to run. You got me all pissed off now, Matthew. Got me all pissed off. Uh, let's continue with more. After two o'clock today, we're going to have on uh, your good friend and mine, Jay Ratliff, to talk about events on airlines with the coronavirus and more. One twenty-six, homie, your Reds. And by the way, the Musketeers play tonight in Madison Square Garden against St. John's. Great win by UC. So let's continue with more. One twenty-six, the homie, your Reds, and the Bengals, and so much more. News Radio seven hundred WLW. Daytona International Speedway, we love our country, and it's truly an honor to be with all of you at the great American race. Gentlemen, start your engines. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Oh, boy, you bonehead. Oh, my God.
Daytona International Speedway. We oh, love yes. our country, and it's truly an honor to be with all of you at the great American race. Gentlemen, start your engines. Well, I, I, I get excited just hearing that. Wait, 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 wait. Weren't you the one last week... It was so down on NASCAR. Nobody cares about the race. I love NASCAR. Nobody I cares. Nobody cares Nobody about this. Nobody pays attention to it. Yeah. I love that, man. I watched that. I watched it for an hour and a half to hear that. What the hell is the pregame show saying? It went on forever. I started it's the biggest race of the year, Willie. Yeah, it's a Super Bowl. Kickoff, of, it's man. a Super what? Bowl of stock car racing. Come on. And it got rained out, of course. Well, that's, well, you can't fool Mother Nature. Why didn't the beast? But let me say this. Let me say this though. There's only one guy on this planet that can do what he did yesterday. One, Air Force One has a flyover of the Mm. track. I get excited. They come right around. Then they land Mm. to get more photos taken. He comes out. Oh, my. The beast is there. Bada bing, bada boom. He's meeting drivers, getting selfies. Doing this, doing that. Wait a minute. I want to take a lap. Get behind me. Here we go. Okay, Mr. President. Here we go. You take a lap. He's on the apron. He would There's no way on earth that the twenty-two thousand pound car is going to make it on a thirty-three degree bank. Explain this. Explain this to Rachel and me because let's say he went up high where Dale Earnhardt was. Well, if he did that, he'd have to be going over a hundred miles an hour, and yeah. I don't think you do that. I think I think I the minimum is one hundred and forty for right. that embankment. I, yeah, I don't. I don't think you want to. You know this, Willie? You don't want to trade any paint with the wall. No. How about the beast? There were reports that they wanted to put 45 on the door. But that got quickly nixed, apparently, from government officials. They said, you know what? The presidential limousine is the limo. Now, all of this is on the blog because I wanted to bring it up to you personally because you made such a big deal about how NASCAR isn't relevant. Not anymore. I love NASCAR. I love it. So we Uh have the flyover. We have the view from inside uh, Air Force One as it went over Daytona. We have the beast making its lap, and we have the entire speech. So there you go. You can find that all on the blog. Then he gives the the command. And one half of the place is yelling four more years. The other half starts yelling USA, USA. I mean, come on. One of the nobody else in the world. on the planet that could have. The only other thing was, I want a driving suit with my name on it and 45, and I'm going to get one of the actual cars. I guarantee you, 30 of those guys would have got out and said, Mr. President, have at it. How about deciding this? Election in November, right now at Daytona. Oh. Let's line them up in cars. There's the, nobody else. That, that I mean, listen to this. Get the killer bees. <laughs> Get Biden, Buttigieg, Bernie, and whoever the other other clown is, and line them up right there at Daytona. Let's start a race. Whoever wins the you race mean against the Trumpster. Yes, and get the Trumpster and the Beast. And let's get Bernie and his and his little Ford. Let's get a little Buttigieg. A Prius. It would He's work. A Prius. A Prius. And let, let's have a let's go five hundred miles and let's see who comes out on that run. They wouldn't get about ten. You don't think so? No. The killer bees. Because those those three or four would wreck each other, and the beast would just go by, and they'd say, "All right, I'm at the finish line. I win. You lose." I love it. I love NASCAR. <laughs> of course, t- what's happening today now? Well, Willie, they got rained out uh, a little bit before seven. They called it because of a deluge of rain last night. So now it's at four, uh, they uh, they will go at four o'clock today, and uh, they will decide the Great American Race 
because there's only about 10% chance of rain, but you never know. What Will Florida. anyone show up on Trump's Day, President's Day? I would say they might have a pretty good crowd there, but I, I don't, I mean, you know, people had to go home. I mean, what do you do? I mean, he was, he was going to stay for a few, uh, for some of the race, but I mean, once it rained at the pace lap, he said, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. Then he shows up at a guy's wedding. And he showed up at a guy's widow in Washington. Washington. Mm-hmm. Then yesterday, dun, dun, guess, dun, guess who was on Air Force One yesterday? Beyonce? No. No. She was sitting courtside in Chicago watching that NBA mess. That was a joke. Yeah. She, he, he went to Palm Beach. He picked up Daryl Waltrip. Really? Was on Air Force One. He was. He flew in with the President of the United States. Good old DW. Wow. Let's go racing in Kentucky, boys! Thank you very much. Rachel, what's on the blog other than... I sent some good stuff about Bernie. Yes, I got that up. Have you seen this segment no, about I the haven't. naked woman at his rally? A couple what naked the? women. A couple, Wait a minute. A couple, a, a couple, These are the things I look yes. at. What kind of... A couple naked protesters uh, stormed the stage at one of his rallies in Nevada. Uh, they were Did he apparently, have a heart attack? Uh, no. Uh, the, oh. the, the photos of him reacting to this is... Hilarious. They were protesting, what, milk or something? Yes, they were protesting dairy farming, which apparently he passed a bill, which seems so unlike Bernie, or he lended support to a farm bill in 2016, and that's why they stormed the stage. Uh, It doesn't make any sense at all. They were just naked and wanted to protest. The idea is I got my milkies out to protest milk. I guess so. I mean, I I just drink True Moo. Is that legal? Yeah. So when this happened, of course... Bernie didn't know what to do. He hasn't seen things like say, that in a long time. The, I was gonna, yeah. <laughs> Bernie. The? And so he like cut the, he stopped the rally or whatever, right? Right, because they had to escort these women out. They had and to. And the point is, do you think that brought a lot of people to their cause? So, okay, now, now I, well, what's the protest? Don't drink. How about Ben and Jerry's? What's Ben and Jerry's ice cream made with? Yeah, they, they don't milk? like that either. No. They, they don't like that either. Don't, don't, don't consume animal milk. Drink plant milk. I just had some Grater's ice cream last night. Does that make me wrong? Yes. Oh. So plants? Beware. Right. You might get protests, naked protests out on your lawn. Do you feel like protesting? I, I'm Maybe good. they'll come here. I don't need any protesting today. Well, so you're telling me plants have milk? Yes. You don't know that? Soy milk, almond milk, coconut you milk. you got to get out man. more. Come you on. you got to get out more. Come on, man. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. So many kinds of plant milk. My wife, Penny, loves soy milk. I had no idea it was plant milk. Yeah. How does a plant produce milk? They crush it up and... Make milk? Yeah, get the liquid out of it. Now they're making hamburgers out of plants. Mm-hmm. I like soy milk, too. Imagine that. So soy is... Tell me what soy milk is. Soy doesn't produce milk. Does no, it? but it produces a liquid, and it's very high in protein, so, you know... Don't I, you put milk in the soy to make it soy milk? Uh, no, there's no milk involved. No milk. There's just the soy liquid, and then it's... So that's better than yes. 2% from UDF. It, it all depends on how you look at it. I get 2%. Okay. Now, here's the issue. We talked about sure. it off the air. Uh-huh. As you know, the people's judge <laughs> has had two transplants, cornea transplants. In August, she had the one 59-year-old male... She gets the other one about three weeks ago, 39-year-old female. I'm suggesting to her she's transitioning. She tells me that's not the case. But because you can't drive, can't read, and can't watch TV, Mm -hmm. what has she been doing Mm -hmm. for the last several months? We have dozens and dozens of large boxes 
in our storage area in our house, which is a room I see. I put cedar in it and a nice floor. We just put them in there when we built our house 20 years ago. She now is saying that we're going to move downtown. And I said, you got to be kidding me, man. If you're what? commuting. That's not going to Does said, she what? know you? I said, when is this going to? The next move is hers because when we went to Florida, the golf course, I said, okay, you got the next move. No objection. She said, we're moving downtown. I said, you got to be kidding me. So now she's in the routine of emptying out our boxes. Yeah. And? Uh, I can't. It's a treasure trove. With anything. I got keys to cities. I got proclamations. I got. My Boltangs basketball and baseball I coached for 12, 14 years. I got my message to the Crable Crabs. And they were 15 and 16, AABC baseball. And it begins with Dear Crab. You got to start the season. That's, that ought to go to Cooperstown or at least the Red She Hall said, of Fame. It all goes. What? It all goes. No I got, way. I said, Now wait a minute. The oh, keys good. to the city of Loveland, Blue Ash, Covington, Newport, Cincinnati. Now you're boasting. Toledo. They all get thrown out. I'm saying, no way. really? You bring them in here, we'll put them up on the wall. Uh, USA Today did a story on me and Rush Limbaugh. We got a nice frame. She said, that goes. No way. I, I said, now wait a minute. The TV show stuff, me, on set, all that stuff, it all goes. The transcripts, uh, all my books, like right here, first show was August 15th, 1983. All uh, of them that, are That ought to go she to said, the broadcasting All of them fame. are out. They've, and I... And this is like beginning in 2000, so I had like 17 years of shows that I did since August of 1983. She said, it all goes. The awards, the plaques, all that, it, nobody cares, she says. No one cares about this. They're thrown out. And now, are I, they still there or are they, are they thrown no, out? She she's going to get Rubkin to deliver a dumpster. She's going to put him in the wow. dumpster. Wow. No way. She, some of that stuff's coming here. Can I suggest something Please before do. you guys commit feel, to going I, I, downtown? I feel a little hurt by this. Could can I suggest maybe getting an Airbnb for an extended stay downtown before you actually seal the deal yeah, and move? Try it before you like it. Let's see how much you both like it before you commit. I won't. To the I can guarantee you. Yeah, can you imagine him getting no way. stuck you in this go, like well, cut in the hill, like right. up here going to Kenwood right. with some traffic accident? He's going to be gar- doing a show right. from Seventy One North. I guarantee you one thing. Tom Weedman and and the Sycamore Township trustees, they will pass a law that you're not allowed to leave this. That's what I said to her. I said, look, bingo. Why don't we rent a place for a year? She spent 30 years in the courthouse. So what? She says, I love walking around. I love going to Schmel Park. I like walking into St. X. I go to the cathedral. You can drive down there. And, And now Kroger has his store in Central Parkway. And I said, yeah, but let's try it before we. It's like premarital sex, you know. You got to make sure. Right. It's, right. She doesn't totally like. Agree. She doesn't like that at all either. But anyway, but nonetheless, what do I Who's do with twenty boxes? And I, she says the Marconis. You what? have to bring the Marconis. Wait a minute! In you got to bring those down here. What the? She said nobody cares. Nobody wants to see that stuff. I do. You would? Yes. Yeah. Would yes. you like to see my keys? Heck yeah. Would you like a key to the city? I'll give them to you. Sure. You want a key? Matt, Why you want not? a key? I'll Heck bring yeah. some keys in. She And I said, why don't we just put them some, and anybody can take them who wants them. She said, nobody wants them. We're throwing them in the dumpster. Well, when did, when did you know, I mean, Deer Park over there. Oh, yeah, I see gonna, my stuff did, from Deer Park. Well, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, when is the Bill Cunningham Museum going to be I uh, said built? to him, I have my, like, greatest Cincinnati basketball hall of fame, my plaque. Right. She said, that goes. I said, I have... 
of Pepsi-Cola. No that's going on the wall here. 1966, the scores, 25 each game. That No one cares about that, Willie. She said it's all gone. My Camel Country Club trophies to win the club championship. What? Gone. I'm going, wow. wow. I said, what? now, wait a minute. What? She said, you complain about me. What about you? And they're in boxes and they're on the walls. I got pictures of me and uh, the Pope, John Paul II. I got pictures of me and like Hulk Hogan and Pete Rose together with Evan and little Petey when they met Hulk. I got pictures of me in the ring with Charlie Lucan calling a match between Jimmy Superfly Snuka and George the Animal Steel. I said, that's got some value, man. She said, the hell it does. It's gone. Wow. I'm going. I got you all my. You're all, gonna... I got my law books. I got my Xavier books. What? I, I have uh, my law diploma, my certificate. I practice law. My my all my stuff from uh, getting the Ohio State Bar Association Bill Cunningham Award. They call it. You know what? Giving the Young Lawyer of the Year. That's gone. Honestly, we have enough empty offices slash studios here. You could just take one over and use it as your own personal storage unit. Like a no museum. No one's gonna notice. Museum. Nobody. You've taken over a Why studio. Why don't they put that yeah, stuff up? Nobody. In the, nope. Well, you know what? The what, what is today? The seventeenth, the you know the museum center today ends the command module and the moon landing right there. I think all your stuff ought to go down there mm-hmm. as as Bill Cunningham the life. I'm thinking we could do is have someone buy it and then I'll donate the money to Deer Park Athletic Fund. How about that? And she said nobody's going to give you a nickel for that stuff. Could you buy your own stuff? Well, I tell you what, Willie. Now hold on a minute. Uh, Ron Rivera who's now the coach of the Washington Redskins, had a garage sale, I think, last weekend. People lined up for hours. Right. He had shoes, shirts, everything. It's all gone. About the Carolina Panthers. He (laughs) raised over $30,000 for charity as people bought that stuff. How about my Deer Park jersey, 1966? That I wore when I beat Byron Larkin shooting free throws at Moe. Well, you also wore it when the park When I cut down the net. Right. I have that. How that b- ought to go to the basketball How Hall about of my Fame. my Deer Park State Championship 19, 2017 ring that we Harry Yeager and I bought for the team? She wants to get rid of that? Yes. What? I say, you know what? In spite of her, I'd wear it every day. And say, Penny, doesn't that look nice? She said, I got Joe DiMaggio and Ted Williams signed poster of them sitting together. She said, those old baseball players, who'd they play for? <laughs> and I said, that's Ted Williams. She don't, she don't know who Ted Williams is. I'm serious. I got a picture of Marty Brenneman and my mom together at Willie's in Kenwood. When Marty put his hands in concrete, my mom's there. Right. She said, you know, nobody wants that. I got a picture of Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, Boomer and Anthony Munoz, Joe Nuxo, Marty Brenneman putting their hands in concrete. She said, nobody wants that. Nobody cares. And if we don't get rid of it, Evan's going to have to throw them all out anyway when we pass on. I said, well, you got a point there. You bring that some of that stuff in, we'll put it on the wall. What would Jack Crumley say? Who cares what he says? Yeah, we'll make. Nobody that cares what he says anyway. Here. Who cares? You put it into our massive green room in there. We need you know, to upgrade know. anyway. We need to make. We need to have our resident carpentry guy, Rocky Boyman, make a case. Have Rocky make <laughs> there a you case, go. and there we you will go. have all of your stuff in studio. I think That's he'd help right. out. Put it right in there, right in the other room there. People come in. They can look at your stuff. Every year with the bull tangs, 
which is a compilation of the Bulldogs of St. Gertrude's, the Mustangs of Madeira. Right. I call them the Bulltangs. I would give all the young boys an opening message, which I sent to their homes, what's expected of them. I gave them a halftime report, then a final message. A few of the boys sent me back handwritten letters when they were 9, 10, 11 years old saying things. And when they graduated, they sent me very warm letters thanking me. She says, well, what do we do with that? Well, you might want to look at that one day and think hey, back. Have you heard Have you heard George Strait, Just Give It Away, that song? That no. big four-poster bed where all of our love was made? Just give it away. Penny says, just give it away. We don't want it. I said, who's we? If you wanted it, you'd, <laughs> you'd be looking at it. I, well, I do look at my stuff now and then. Right. Especially anybody, Mar- Everybody does How that. How about Marty and my mom? Those are the diamonds in my necklace, so to speak. Correct. I, I kind of like looking. You throw that out, Marty will get mad at you. Mm-hmm. And even more. I got baseball, so I'll kinda, I got, How about my Joe DiMaggio and Pete Rose signed baseball? She said, nobody wants that. What? I said, wait a minute. Pete what? Rose and Joe DiMaggio signed baseball? He threw those two of them that one night we were at the stadium. Right. She, she said, just give it away. I'm going, uh, uh, uh. I may I may have to think about this. She wants me to go through it before Rumpke on next Monday going to deliver a dumpster, one of the small ones. Going to hire the teenage boys to come over, all Cole's buddies, and they're going to haul it out and put it in the dumpster and just throw it away. You have plenty think, of time to get a storage unit before then. That's right. How about I my championship time, you know trophy? What? I think it's time, you know from, what? From Sharon put, Woods. It's time to, for you to put your foot down. Maybe she'll step on it, but uh, <laughs> might hurt, but might be worth it, too. She can't be ordering around the great American like that. I know she's the first lady, but come you, on. You have no idea. Rachel, Bring her in you. here. We'll put, we'll set her straight. She hates. That one time I put on the radio, was that with, uh, in the afternoon? Yeah. Oh. Not d- good. Don't you ever do that again. Probably listening right now. No, she doesn't listen. Oh, she, doesn't, she doesn't know what I do. She has no idea. <laughs> That's a good thing. She said she often says I have more sense than that. <laughs> she can't read. She can't watch TV, and she can't drive because of the cornea uh, transplant. So she's in there among my stuff, getting ready to call. Well, what about her stuff? That that all Is goes that too. Off limits? Uh, no, no, it all goes. Oh. If we move downtown, oh. We can't be moving with all this crap. You know what? You will not be allowed to do that. Mm -mm. No. Sycamore Township will forbade you to do that. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. I guarantee you right now, Tom Weedman and the prof 
are putting together some kind of proclamation and law saying Cunningham's cannot move out of this area. She loves going to Schmel Park. She likes going to the cathedral. We'll drive, uh, you know what? We'll drive I her said, down there. Well, let's just spend a year and rent a nice place and say, okay, we're here. Mm-hmm. Now, after a year, do we both like it? Does that make sense? Absolutely. Say, get me out of the Stooge Report. Well, Leah, the Stooge Report is a proud service of your local Tempstar. Heating and air conditioning dealers... Tempstar, quality you can feel at beautiful Western Hills. Call Durban Heating and Cooling at 598-8449 or go to DurbanHeatingAndCooling.com. Jay Ratliff is next with a dead woman on a flight. Sitting in a seat next to you for three hours. Hear this story? Happened last weekend. This isn't good. What the? What do you do with a dead body on a flight? That's just uncomfortable. Strap him in next to you. Passengers complained. Segment continue. Uh, Willie, uh, in honor of a uh, nice day here in the tri-state, and President Trump on the scene at Daytona yesterday. I love NASCAR. We leave you with the immortal words of the Stooge Report. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. You're dog-faced pony soldier, lying. Please. 700 WLW. Billy Cunningham, the great American, on this 2020 President's Day. Joining you and I now is Jay Ratliff. So many issues, so little time. And Jay Ratliff, welcome again to the Bill Cunningham Show. And Jay, how are you? Doing very well, Bill. Thank you. we got many issues and so little time this afternoon. Number one, I want to talk about the coronavirus. I want to talk about the idiotic male passenger thumping on the back of the seat of a female passenger because she reclined. I also want to talk about the Spirit Airlines situation, but... Before we get to Spirit Airlines, before we get to the rude passenger making a fool of himself, I'm reading another story out of Hawaii in which on February 3rd, a couple uh, traveled from uh, Japan to Hawaii, developed flu-like symptoms at that point, and then flew back to Japan. They wouldn't accept them there, so they flew back to Hawaii, and now there's hundreds of people on the plane. Uh, we don't know what the hell is going on. So can you kind of give us an overview uh, a friend of mine was going to get on a, a ship in Fort Lauderdale a week from uh, today. And, and, and the couple said, we're not going. And they were going to go to Europe because mm-hmm. that they don't know there's three and a half thousand people on the ship. And, uh, they, uh, the, the carrier cannot state whether or not, uh, individuals are going to be on the ship who came from Asia, for example. And, and so, uh, kind of give us an overview for those who are traveling airlines, for those who are going to travel by ship somewhere else, train, whatever it might be. As far as an American living in the Midwest, what do we look for? Well, I mean, Bill, the problem with the virus, this particular one, is that you've got that 14-day incubation period. So someone may have it, may not show any signs for up to two weeks, and that's really what's become the the challenge for the, the CDC officials that are basically trying to keep airlines, cruise lines, anybody else that travels by any sort of commercial means, as safe as they can, and they're testing a lot of people. Most of them are healthy, and uh, what happens is after someone 
shows signs of infection, it turns out to be the coronavirus, then they start doing the backtrack. Okay, where were you Jeez. at? Who were you around? <laughs> of course, with airlines, they know everybody that was on that particular plane. They, they can reach out. They can follow through. They can do what they need to do. But it's it's a process that's worked more backwards than forwards because of the fact that we cannot, uh, you know, we don't have a, a testing means at this point in time that shows that someone's actually infected with the virus many times until, you know, weeks later. And, and the other thing, the uh, Delta, which I think Delta is about the best airline in the world. You know, I have nothing in Delta other than I fly and I think they're great. Quote, mm-hmm. The health and safety of our customers and crews is our top priority. And in cooperation with Japanese health officials, we are proactively reaching out to customers who are on that flight, as well as taking the necessary steps to ensure the safety of our customers and crew relative to that equipment. And so that happened two weeks ago, so to speak. And there were hundreds of people on that plane. You get infected by having a uh, an air droplet, uh, something, and you touch it, then you put it in your nose or whatever. You pick your nose, put your bite your fingers, whatever it might be, rub your eyes, and then the incubation period begins. 240 people went all over Hell's Half Acre from Hawaii back to California. This is how a pandemic begins, and I don't blame Delta at all. They can't stop their business. But every now and then, I have friends and family. You have the same thing. You get the sniffles. You get a fever. You don't go to the doctor because what the hell? It's, I don't know what you got. And then you continue to live your life. And so to me, this is how a pandemic happens in the 21st century. And isn't it fair to say we can try to stop it, but there's nothing we can do to truly stop this from occurring? Nothing. We can't. We, we can't, Bill. In fact, this, this past weekend, Sherry and I flew down to Orlando for the weekend. And, of course, Orlando is a big international airport. And, and I may have seen two people with face the, the magic, uh, surgical masks of, of the thousands of people that we saw. So you're still not seeing what I would consider a great deal of alarm amongst the traveling public uh, because of the fact that, uh, you know, at this point in time, they're looking at it as something, if it's not contained, at least it's not spreading like wildfire where there is yet panic uh, amongst many that travel. They're taking the precautions. They're making sure that uh, they keep their, you know, their, their hands washed thoroughly and they're watching what they touch. They're being careful around being anybody that might be coughing, seizing, what have you, just as as they try to err on the side of caution. Nothing. But, you know, the airlines are doing what they can. I think we have 20 airports that are checking incoming passengers, which represents, I believe, about 90% of the inflow from the affected areas in China into the United States. And uh, they're doing what they can, That's but not... the tests are minimal. And you're an expert on this stuff. You went to Orlando what advice would you give a couple getting on a boat, getting on a ship sometime in the next month, maybe two months, traveling somewhere, ending up like those hundreds of Americans? According to the CDC, there's 171,000 infected around the globe. That could be one-tenth of the total. I don't trust anything out of communist red China. The death toll is close to 2,000. It's going to accelerate. Would you get on a ship right now and travel to Europe or the Caribbean? Well, you know, Sherry and I are scheduled to take a cruise in May, and as we get closer, that'll be a real good question to answer. But um, the concern is, of course, if you're on a ship with three, 4,000 people, you're fine. But what if one of those people, just one of them, starts to show what appears to oh. be signs of this virus? <laughs> Even if it's not the virus, if it's the possibility of it, then basically you're toast for two weeks. You're basically quarantined as a unit 
for that that two weeks because there's no way to tell if somebody on deck eleven came into contact right. with somebody on deck three at any of the public areas. So they're going to basically shut things down, and you are stuck for that period of time. You know, I'm staying home. You got a lot of high school basketball going on. UC Xavier's playing. You got a big game Saturday with Villanova. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the Reds. Everyone's picking them to win the Central Division. Uh, I got stuff going on. I love the Tri-State. I'm staying home. Secondly, quickly, Malaysian Airliner. When I get you on now and then, it's been many years. Can you give me a synopsis? Before I talk about the elderly woman dying on the Spirit Airlines flight and the guy punching the back of the seat, what's the latest on Malaysian Airliner missing? Uh, we don't We don't know anything. Bill. Nothing. I mean, and it's just, you know, had you told me that we would not know years after the fact. Years. What happened to that? I would say there's absolutely no way that that's the case because you're talking about a commercial jetliner. You're talking about, you know, it's something where you have all the, the means at our disposal yeah, to try to find this thing. Can't find it. <laughs> but we can't. And it's just it's, it's aggravating, amazing. but it goes to show when you have ground-based radar that's checking you know, for air, uh, you know, flights around the world, and you're not using a satellite-based system, then, then you have a situation where you can have an airliner disappear, as this one did, I don't know, six years ago almost. And, and it, it wasn't taken to Malaysia. It, the aliens didn't zap it up, Star Trek, because pieces of the, air, of the airplane is floated. We know it crashed in the South Indian Ocean, but we don't know why or where it is. Is that well, fair to say? It is, but I can say that we found pieces, but we don't know if those are planted pieces. We don't know if that airplane landed somewhere, things were removed, and later found in the water. It's just you don't know what happened here because there's just, again, with all the unknowns, everything has to be on the table. It's just amazing. Unbelievable. Six years almost, Bill. I think it was, what, uh, March 8th. Impossible. I, I guess the number one suspect is the pilot himself. Could have done something much like happened in Europe when the the co-pilot got out of the cockpit. They locked the door. The most likely explanation is there was some jihad or something going on with a pilot. He wanted to kill himself, take everybody with him, men, women, children, and babies. And uh, he ran out of gas somewhere or he ditched it. Is that the most likely scenario? It is. It is. But, again, Bill, we can't say with any degree of, of certainty that that's what happened. But that is the leading, uh, you know, conclusion at this point in time but again right. absence of, of of evidence to the contrary i mean there's a lot of things that we have to consider all right now thirdly I, i've seen it repeatedly uh, a nice woman's on a uh, is on a flight as you and i have probably done as jimmy's done many times you kind of recline your seat a little bit when i do that uh, i'm care i kind of look around and i go back an inch or two i don't go back four or five inches because it used to have 37 inches you now got 31 inches they're packing people in and uh I just watched the other night the CEO of Delta Airlines oh, oh. saying that if a passenger reclines a seat, which they have the right to do, that's why the seat reclines, that you should turn around and ask permission of the person behind you. Oh, and should I ask for permission to use my air vent? Maybe the, the window what? shade. Should I hold my hand what up was that? to go to the lavatory? I don't want to offend anybody, Bill. What, what was that? I, it, was, it was a joke. And, and look... Ed Bastian, he, you know, he was here with Tom Air. He, he, the CEO of Delta Airlines, responding to that video that's gone viral of the American Airlines flight from, Stupid. I believe, New Orleans to uh, Charlotte, where, yeah, the woman and the man, the man sitting behind this lady with her seat reclined, just continuing to pound on her Think seat. about that. What person does that to another person? Well, you know, the woman reclined, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm eating. Can you, can you allow me to eat? She says, sure, puts the seat up. The man finishes, she puts the seat back. Well, the man doesn't like it. And that's when he starts pounding on her seat. Well, I, she, she calls the flight attendant, Bill. 
and she gives the man in the back seat a free drink. That, that'll help. That'll help. <laughs> I mean, why are we reward, rewarding that? And then she warns the woman, don't videotape this. That's against the, uh, against the law, which is it? it's not. And then you have a situation where she's being warned, if you keep this up, you could be facing legal action. The woman and then, who's and they, being exactly. in this childish behavior. He looked at me, 40, 45 years old. He's bald with... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The beard and he keeps punching on the seat to annoy this woman. I mean, this is something three-year-olds do. Bill, when she posted that video, and it went viral, more than half, many more than half, were saying she was the bad guy for encroaching into his personal space. Really? So that's when Ed Ed Bastian was asked about, okay, you know, this video and the leaning the back of of seeing everything, and that's when he said, yes, we should receive and then, or ask and then receive permission before we leave. Is that true? Should the CEO of Delta, I'm going to be on a Delta jet in about two weeks, am I going to turn around and ask permission of someone? If you have the right to do something, you do. I mean, you're sensitive to somebody. But but I would never in, in a thousand years pound on a seat to annoy a woman no, and act like I would never do that. No, and I think the, the guy's the wrongdoer, not the woman. Absolutely, Bill. And here's the thing. I would tell the CEO of Delta or any other airline, look, if if you don't want me to recline, then don't, don't give me a little button and put me in a seat that does recline. And uh, it may be, who knows, down the road, most every seat may be unreclinable. And they maybe have seats that you can recline for a fee. Maybe that's what this is leading to. <laughs> the it, next don't tell be- Delta that because you're going to have to pay extra to get a seat to hit the button. And it's no big deal whether it goes back a couple, three inches or not. It's not a big deal, right? It's not. But look, Spirit Airlines and others have aircraft with no seats that recline. They're all leaned back just a bit. For comfort. That's it. But, but that's it. You can't go back any further at all. You can't change them, uh, which uh, they say is for customer service, bull. It's because they can put two extra rows in the back and add, you know, 12 more seats to an aircraft, which generates hundreds of thousands of dollars of additional revenue per year per aircraft. That's why they do it, and that's where this is headed. You and I could buy those little plastic clips. They're called seat protectors, where we could put these clips on the seat in front of us, and Bill, that prevents that seat from being reclined. If a flight attendant sees us do that, and this was the rage three or four years ago, the flight attendant would look at you and I saying, remove those clips because you are not allowed to prevent that person from reclining. Well, now we've gone completely to the other end of the spectrum where now if someone reclines, they're encroaching on my personal space. It's amazing that we're spending any time with this. But look, the, the, the fault of it is the airlines that continue to cram more people in yes. there. And, yes. and they've reduced the pitch or the distance between rows. 
Look, they're the ones that created the problem. So don't tell me I've got to change the way I fly because of something that you imposed upon me as a traveler. All right, now, lastly, before we get to the elderly woman dying on the Spirit Airlines flight, I haven't gotten there yet, but we're going to get there. When you get on a plane with the coronavirus everywhere, uh, what do you do from a sanitary perspective, Jay Ratliff? How do you go to the bathroom? How do you open up the handle? When you get in your seat and you sit there, what do you do in this environment? Well, when Sherry and I were flying uh, this weekend, we boarded uh, towards the last. We were one of the last ones on the aircraft. I don't want to be sitting near the front of the aircraft and have 200 people walk by me coughing, sniffing, doing whatever. Uh, so that's the first thing I'm going to do. Plus, when I get on the airplane, I'll take a little alcoholic wipe and wipe down the, the uh, you know, the armrest, the tray table, and the entertainment screen. Uh, if I go to the restroom, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll grab the napkin that I have. I'll go up there and use that to open up the door, do my business in the lavatory, wash my hands, and use another uh, you know, napkin, whatever, to get out of the lavatory. Absolutely. Th- think of the people touching the inside of that handle of that lavatory, and I don't want to touch that thing. Oh, no, and, and it's not being... You know, monk-like, where we're just, you know, germophobic and, and we're carrying things way too far. You're just being prudent in what you do. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And that's why sitting on the window seat is better than sitting in an aisle. But board last. Yeah, because you you want to you know, be as way, as way from people as, as much as you can. But, yeah, Bill, I mean, again, if, if you unless you have a lot of hand-carry bags, you're worried about the overhead storage compartment, uh, board that aircraft last so that you don't have to have all those people. And hopefully the, the agents in the, in the gate area. For all the airlines are keeping a, a, an eye out, but they really don't have time to do this. Oh. So if they see somebody that is hacking, coughing, looking as though that you know they are running a fever or something, that they would be kept off the plane. And if anyone's traveling and you see someone that's exhibiting signs of some sort of a high fever, bring it to the attention of the gate agent because th- those individuals may be asked to catch a later flight. Right. Now, lastly... Uh, you sent this to Jimmy. It's a it's a sad story. Elderly woman dies on a Spirit Airline flight from uh, Florida to Costa Rica. Eighty three years old. The behavior of the flight crew was incredible. I guess she had an incident and uh, explain what happened. We have about a minute and a half. Fort Lauderdale flight to Costa Rica. Eighty three year old passenger has a medical issue and uh, they call for medical personnel. They had doctors, nurses on board the flight. Bill, they came rushing to her aid. Basically, they spent 35 minutes. They were unable to revive her. She passes away. Uh, the plane is full. You have to have the body, the remains, in a seat with the seat belt on. Uh, you'd normally put them off by themselves, but if the flight is full, where are you going to put them? She was a Costa Rican native, so they went ahead and continued the flight there. And, but one of the nurses asked for a blanket to cover the deceased. And according to her and others, the Spirit Airlines flight crew said, no, we're not going to give you a blanket. And they said, look, you know, everybody's going to deplane when we land, and the body's going to be removed last. We have to cover up the body. And apparently the flight crew said no. Spirit Airlines issued a statement saying, look, they didn't do anything wrong. They did all they could for the woman. But, Bill, normally, yeah, you're going to cover up with a blanket or something uh, when that happens. And it it happens, unfortunately, from time to time. Look, you got 2.5 million people flying in the United States every day. This isn't a Chevy Chase incident with Grandma on the back seat. No, it's not. This is a passenger sitting on a Spirit Airline. I can't laugh about this. And the dead body sitting there for, I guess, three hours remaining. And you can't. I can't imagine how horrible that would be for the passengers. I can't say the the dead body doesn't have feelings, but the, the family members... What do you do? Is there a protocol for this? Well, every airline has a, a, a separate approach. Now, there are some larger aircraft, international, some of the wide-body aircraft that have the, the crew rest cabins where they can actually remove the body 
out, mm. of, out of the sight of the, the public. But when you're talking about, you know, a, a narrow-bodied aircraft, you know, 145 Jeez. seats, whatever, that's not going to be the case, so you basically have to, to secure it. You can't put it in a flight attendant seat because that that's, could impede the, the exit and emergency evacuation. So Grandma is sitting there strapped in, and there's nothing covered, and she's dead. That's it. And somebody's sitting next to her. It, well, yeah, we've had situations before where, they have put the only empty seats were in first class, Jeez. and they moved seat, uh, the, the deceased up there when people were sleeping. They woke up to it sitting next to them. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's happened. Oh. You know, it, it's just again, <laughs> I think I think one of the nurses took a sweat or something, Bill, and covered up. If I'm not mistaken, oh. the, the head of the, the the woman. But you got a bunch of kids on the flight. Yeah. You don't want them getting off the aircraft when it lands. Because everybody knew what was going on. There was a medical situation. Right. The aircraft's not that big. So, I mean, word spread quickly what was going on. Right. And, uh, yeah, it just, yeah. It, I, if this is what truly happened, it certainly could have been handled better. Jay Ratliff, you're a great American, and thank you for coming on the Bill Cunningham Show. May you continue to have a great President's Day. You too, sir. Thank you. God bless you. Let's continue with more. Line becomes available, 749-7000. Xavier basketball tonight from Madison Square Garden at your home as Xavier Musketeers. News Radio 700 WLW. Daytona International Speedway, we love our country, and it's truly an honor to be with all of you at the great American race. Gentlemen, start your engines. Numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Don't fall, you bonehead! Oh, right, guy! Daytona International Speedway, we love our country, and it's truly an honor to be with all of you at the great American race. Gentlemen, start your engines! Wow, Rocky, how does that make you feel? God, makes me happy to be here be alive and be an American. Some of us were ripping on NASCAR till recently. But now <laughs> well, having, look at me. having yeah, seen that. Him, Sag, some get of on us him. were. Yeah, having some seen of us that. Were. Maybe the big the, the big one the big one over there was, yeah. Tell the rock why the beast could not be I wanted him to take the racing track up on top no, there. Tell him no why. way. That that twenty two thousand pound car probably would have never made it on the thirty three degree banking unless it was going at least over 100 miles an hour, and it's like, you know what? Just go around the apron, big boy. You led the field. Then he talks to every driver and every crew member on that? the NASCAR channel saying how great it is for I'm you, a, everybody, a, to a, be an American. I'm a, I'm a. Good luck. This is the Daytona 500. We'll see you. Energy this, for days. This Bingo. is President Trump's day today, isn't it? President Trump in this his day? It is, partially, I guess. Now, We've Rachel, got all of this on the blog, by the way. Now, Rachel, all of the tell Rocky about, did you see the Bernie Sanders rally when two women <laughs> stripped down? Yeah, they were. Where are they protesting dairy? Uh, dairy, dairy farming. Big dairy? Yes. They had their milkies out to protest milk. Is they, that correct? They dumped some, like, some sort of, like... Red stuff on. Think about this. I don't. I I don't know what it was meant to be, but it was uh, the whole thing was quite interesting, just in general. And Bernie's reaction too. Because they think they were on Nickelodeon or something. Yeah, is this what apparently was? See, unlike this segment, Rock, you and I have been in major league locker rooms, like at Deer Park, (laughs) St. X, Notre Dame. You've been at the park. That team you played for that won the Super Bowl. Yeah, Colts. Yeah. Now, now, (laughs) 
There's quite a bit of uh, discussion, including ESPN, etc., about Ron Yons. It's not Jans, as Segment says. It's Ron Yons, who in a rap video said the N-word, and then one of the players took him off to the side afterwards and said, hey, coach, you're from the Netherlands. A white guy cannot say the N-word. Why was it playing in the locker room then? Uh, the players chose to play that word, that song. So is every white player also in that locker room also a racist? No, just a coach because he determined right. that the players complaining wasn't playing enough, so he wanted to get him in trouble. So he called him in, turned him into the league, and give me your analysis of what well, happened. Well, here's my question. Do we lack all nuance in our world today? Do we lack the understanding of context? Is everything all or nothing black or white? Can we not tell the difference between... Somebody using the N-word to degrade someone, to degrade another human being, the difference between that and what's said in a rap song. If he's guilty of racism, Rachel, what would you say? Would you say 80% of white people out there are oh, guilty of racism? More than that. And probably 95% of young people? Is, is that fair? Oh, yeah. At okay. least. At least yeah. How about sexism? How many times have men, like Rocky and Segman, made pejorative negative comments about a woman's body and to put her down in some sense i know i would never do it but I rocky mean, and seg probably you know, do how many uh how many rap songs uh you know like uh referring to women as hoes and yes. all that so you're not only a racist you're a sexist pig too let's not forget I can't that understand it. everything is all or nothing I, i'll tell you a story so I, I bought a gun this is years ago and i put something online about it and i got comments people saying oh so you must support Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.